Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, welcome back to Fleet Clicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and it has been a couple days. I guess as more football information comes into us, or some, there's some that at least in this episode, I'll we'll address a couple of issues and we'll talk about um, a couple. Of, uh, one issue that I didn't get a chance to talk to that happened about like a week or a week and a half ago of uh, a former NFL great. Uh, I had mentioned something, and I want to touch up on that. That will be, but again, the final thing we'll talk about is something that's happened as of yesterday or day before yesterday to a family member of a of a, uh, a Super Bowl quarterback. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about a um, we'll talk about that a little bit, and uh, an opinion I have, I have, I have on that. Um, Again, like I've always said before, usually if I get a chance to do episodes, I have to do them on my days off because uh, of my schedule. And for me, I wish I could do it. I wish I could do the episode every single day. Now, again, I have to sit down and I'll give you grades on my NFL draft. Hopefully, maybe at some point later on today, I am off today, which is again, usually Thursday for me is kind of a, a jinx for me because usually here lately, it seems like my job always seems to call me in on a Thursday, which is usually like kind of one of it's been more here lately, one of my like my more regular scheduled days off, but I seem to get called in a lot on a Thursday. So um but again, as of right now, nothing I'm aware of unless somebody happens to call within the next who knows, couple minutes or so, but at least I I would certainly hope not. Um for those who joined for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. I've always stated about your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers, whoever you need to invite, please invite them to come on in. Um, I've always said before, and I'll continue to say it, we're all family and friends here. We're talking all about football. There's nothing controversial. There's no political beliefs. There's no religious beliefs. We're talking nothing but football, and that's all we're here to talk about. Uh, for those who've been from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. Again, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers. Um, please, invite uh, them on in. We're all family. We're all family and friends here. Um, again, if you do not listen to me here on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, just just a few, just a few that I can put out there. These uh, platforms have allowed me to do this podcast. And again, I love talking football. And again. I greatly, would greatly appreciate for them giving me this opportunity to do so. Um, if you got any questions for me whatsoever, Facebook and Spot are the two spots you, that you can reach me on that I can answer any questions, football-related questions for you whatsoever. If you got an opinion, I want to hear it. Uh, again, I will take out take time out of any of my episodes whatsoever to answer your questions, or I'll do a whole entire episode answering them with your questions. I want to hear your opinions on whatever is going on with your team, with the draft, whatever the case might be. Please, by all means, I'm interested in your opinions. And again, if you got a question, I'll give you my opinion on where the sub, whatever the subject is. Um, before we go any further and start jumping into football, I want to certainly reach out to some of the uh, Facebook uh, followers, and I want to thank them um, for the small businesses here in the U.S., uh, all over the world, small businesses. I want to thank. Um, you know, the new small-time musicians, bands that are trying to make, make a big name for themselves, and I certainly hope they get the opportunity to continue to do so. Um, some talented people, some very talented people, musician-wise, uh, entertainers, there have been, um, you know, um, 
bloggers, like I said, small businesses all over that have that have uh, followed me and I have follow, followed them back, and I greatly appreciate them for doing so, and I hope they certainly get a chance to uh, tell their bandmates, fans, um, you know, other business, other business partners or clientele, their clientele. To certainly listen to the podcast, it is greatly appreciated if, if you do if you do so. Um, I think I've covered everything I, I need to cover. I think we've we've babbled on and babbled on and babbled on. Let's talk. Let's let's jump right into what we're here to talk about football itself, and let's talk about a subject that got brought up as of yesterday, and that is from um, from the Tennessee Titans and uh, Ryan Tannehill. And the proverbial joke is Ryan Tannehill is last year when. The Tennessee Titans drafted Malik Willis. Everybody thought Malik Willis was going to be Teddy Hill's replacement in a nutshell, basically. And Ryan Town came up to the point and said that it's not my responsibility to to get this guy to get this guy ready to take my job. In a nutshell, that's kind of what he said. And again, he caught a lot of criticism. And again, I kind of backed Ryan's point of view. That's like it's Ryan. You know, Ryan says he's here to. Win is to win football games to help Tennessee Titans to the best of his ability to win football games, and that's what any athlete, whatever sport is, you do the best you can because you want. If your team succeeds, that means you succeed, and that's kind of what Ryan Tanner was getting at. It's not his responsibility to prep Malik Willis, you know, to basically take his job, and every veteran quarterback, I'm sure. Things like Ryan Tannehill, they might not publicly come out and say it, but I get a lot of people, you know, and there's been so many years. I mean, the best one was what, Joe Montana and Steve Young. Montana was the guy for so many years, and Montana and Steve Young, I think, kind of resented each other back and forth. Steve thought he, you know, should have been the starter. Joe says, well, you know, um, I've been the starter for all these years. I've won all these Super Bowls, you know. Again, eventually they ended up trading Montana to Kansas City Chiefs. Steve takes over, you know, the rest is history. Steve just in the Super Bowl. Um, again, that's not the only that's not the only one. I mean, it's hard to, yeah, and again, it's hard to. And for Ryan Tannehill, I understood his situation last year because of, yeah. And again, Ryan's right. It's not his responsibility. It's it's Mike Brable. It's the offensive coordinator. It's the other coaching staff. It is their responsibility to get Malik Willis ready for, you know, for that next level. To be a starter one day, and Malik, you know, when Ryan Tannehill got hurt, Malik stepped in, and Malik did not do that great of a job. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, he did a horrible job. So much so that they went out and got was it Joshua Cribs, yeah, Cribs from um, yeah, from get excuse me, yeah, they went out and pretty much got him to be the starting quarterback for the final two games of the regular season. So much so that uh, they had to start him. In a critical game, and they did not win that critical game with some Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, sure, certainly to me, it could have been a different story. Could have been a different. Could have been a different story if Brian Tannehill was healthy and started. We don't know. We don't know the answer to that question. We'll never. We'll, I guess we'll never really find out the answer to that question. But again, Malik was not. He showed that he was not ready. It was so much so that um, they had to let. I think Derrick Henry carried the ball so many times. I think one game, what is it, what is it, I think he made what, I don't know, I mean, there was one game he made a single digit like in pass attempts, basically, and it's pretty much the, the Derrick Henry show. So now, 
we're having this deja vu all over again because now we were in the draft, the Tennessee Titans moved up in the second round to draft Will Levis from the University of Kentucky. Now, we all know Will. He dropped a lot. He, a lot of people had him going as high as maybe the fourth of all pick of the Colts. They've got down between him and Richardson. The Colts are Richardson. Levis dropped, dropped, and dropped. Some people thought maybe the Minnesota Vikings would jump on him because Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his contract. People thought, well, he might go there, maybe replace, you know, Kirk the following year in 2024. That did not happen. And then he fell out of the first round. Tennessee moved up in the second round and got and got him. So now Mike Rebels already come out and said that Malik Willis is probably gonna be the number two. He's gonna be the backup and will probably be number three. Now and Ryan Tanner is pretty much going to be the starter. Now, not saying that Ryan Tannehill might not be traded at some point during the season. If a team needs a veteran quarterback and Ryan has playoff experience, that some veteran team might not go out there and gamble on Ryan Tannehill. Now, again, I keep hearing the rumors so many times over that Ryan Tannehill could go to the Atlanta Falcons because, because of his connection with Arthur Smith, the former offensive coordinator for the um, you know, for the Tennessee Titans a couple, you know, a few years ago. So there is a connection there. A lot of people feel that Atlanta with a wide open NFL South, maybe a guy like Brian Tanner would be a guy that could help him get a ball to the top. You know, uh, Atlanta has done a pretty good job this all season adding defensive pieces. They rebooted their defense. Again, not a bad offensive line. You got a good young receiver, Drake London, pretty good running game. And he keeps gotten he's gotten better with the draft of Yaji Robinson. You got a little bit better there. You still got a guy like Kyle Pitts, Jahanu Smith as your two tight ends. So again, Atlanta's made lots and lots of improvement this offseason and did okay for themselves in the draft. So much so that the only thing left people feel that maybe if Tannehill went to Atlanta, he could actually maybe push him. Maybe over top of the, in the NFC South and maybe to the point where you get around into the playoffs. But again, Desmond Reader played the final two games of, of last season and didn't do too badly. I mean, he might not have been overwhelming, but he didn't do bad either as well. So to me, Reader right now there is going to be the starting quarterback, and he should be. Of course, they've already got a backup, and Tyler, Taylor Heineke is going to be the backup. So to me, the Tannehill situation going to Atlanta would be an interesting fit because of the connection, but again, it's not going to happen. So Tannehill right now will continue to be the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, and he is certainly the most viable option for the Tennessee Titans. If Tannehill is healthy and can stay healthy, Tannehill is not that bad of a quarterback. Now, he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts or, or, some, or Joe Burrow or something like that. He's not going to be like that. But Tannehill can do just enough to get you by. Again, yes, they can still rely on Derrick Henry. But again, you have to look at the offensive line. They've gone through a lot of changes the last couple of years. And again, it's going to still go through changes. Again, so to me, could that hurt Tannehill's chances? Could that hurt Derrick Henry's chances of trying to win back a rushing title? Um, you know, again, receiving core. Receiving core, it still needs to be worked on. You've got Banks. I mean, yeah, I mean, Burks. Excuse me, Burks. You've got Burks that hopefully will stay healthy, and become a 1,000-yard receiver. That's what they hoping he will do. So, again, receiving core still needs work. But, again, 
with tannin, but now we got the Will Levis is now the starting is the is now gonna be the number three quarterback as the season starts. Now to me, Brable's already come out and said that. Now to me, if we broke this down, to me now Will, to me, Will might be more ready for the back of all than maybe Malik Willis is now, unless unless Malik makes a 360-degree turn, then I can see him being the backup. But to me, Will, University of Kentucky, he's been a pro-style system. Will, Will's got a better arm than Malik Willis. Now Malik is a better athlete than Will Levis, no doubt about that. But to me, to me, I think it's going to come down to, to me, it should be like a battle for the backup spot. Is it going to be Malik? Would it be Will? Or do they go ahead and add a veteran quarterback? Not saying it's not out of the realm of possibility, but Tennessee Titans could go out and get a veteran backer quarterback. You never know. I mean, you never know. I mean, if Malik and Will Levis do not do, do not do so much in camp, then again, I can see maybe stretching out going to get a veteran backer. But the men, it depends. I believe Willis, he's he's got to make a three hundred sixty degree turn. For me to be convinced that he is going to be the can be the backup quarterback and the future quarterback of this franchise, but to me, when you go in for the second year in a row and you draft another quarterback, then that doesn't really shit. That doesn't. I don't know how much confidence that the Tennessee Titans had in the late Wills. Like I said, Wills been in a pro style system with the University of Kentucky, so again, to me, that might give him an edge over Malik Wills. To me, as a number two, now Malik has a year of NFL experience under his belt, and yes, he did play some games last year. But he didn't blow anybody out the water. Now, if he came in and looked and looked great, if he looked like Jalen Hurts or somebody like that in his first couple of games, then we're talking a totally different story here. And of course, the all season I talked about me and Ryan gets traded. Well, to be honest with you, you had Malik Willis, and now you draft Will Levis. And to be honest with you, I don't think Tennessee wants to make any type of playoff contention whatsoever. Then they were going to have to keep Ryan Tannehill around, and that's what it boils down to. Now again, again you can make the argument that if Tannehill didn't get hurt last year, maybe the Tennessee Titans would have won the won the, won the title, and maybe Jacksonville would have had the opportunity to win the AFC South. That could be a fair assessment to make. Again, the team when Tannehill was around, it was fairly consistent, but again, when he got hurt, that's when the, that's when the production dropped off. So it's a fair it's a fair assessment it's a fair assessment to make that the team could have maybe the team could have gotten to the playoffs. Now I can't I'm not gonna go and say they would have won a playoff game. I'm not gonna say that, but maybe they could have had a shot if Tannehill had been healthy. You know, the final in the final few games of the se- of the season. So again, it's interesting to see how this breaks down. Now to me, to me I think if I was if I was Mike Rabel, I think I would have. Yes, we all know that Tannehill is going to be the starter. But if I was, but if I was Mike Rabel, I'd have came out and said, you know what, Malik and Levis, they're going to they're going to battle out for the uh, for the backup starter, backup job, and the losers going to be number three. I personally would come out and said that I would I would put the pressure on both men. Let's see if the two can handle the pressure. Let's see if one of them can rise above the other and become the backup. Now, eventually, Ryan Tannehill is. My guess is if if. Tennessee falls out of playoff contention. Somebody might reach out to Tennessee and say, hey, what's it going to take to get uh, Ryan Tannehill off your hands? And if that happens to be the case, then who's going to who, then who 
Lord be merely bloodless, but what labor is going to get us, you know, get that spot. Now, to me, I think deep down inside, I think Will is eventually going to be the quarterback of the future of the Tennessee Titans. And Mike, and again, Tannehill knows that one of them is going to be the starting is going to be the starting quarterback. Maybe, maybe as soon as twenty twenty four. Okay, but again, for Tennessee, it's not a good. It's not really a good sign if you draft two quarterbacks back to back years. And you know, and Malik did not. Malik had a lot of issues last season, and Will Will has to come in, and Will they can bring Will in now. Say much about Ryan Tannehill. I think his approach has been a little bit different this offseason. He has not come out and and blasted Tennessee or said, "I'm not here to you know help Will Levis uh, take my job or something like that." Now he didn't come out. He didn't say that. Or, but but Tannehill knows that deep down inside that one of these two is going to wind up being the quarterback moving moving forward. And Ryan is right. His job is to pretty much do whatever he can to get Tennessee wins. Now understand understand with this, it's it's a team sport. Ryan can't do it all. Uh, Derek Kennedy can't do it as all. So again, but again, I've said it before, you know, on some episodes in the past, Tennessee is a team that's kind of on the on the downside. Uh, Jacksonville is only gonna get stronger. Uh, the Colts the Colts added their defense, but can the offense come around? Can the offensive line be better? Is yeah, I mean is Anthony Richardson is going to be the starting quarterback opening day. Yeah, opening day. We don't know if you first game of the season is that a possibility. I want to say I think Minshew will be the starter. Richardson's going to have to probably be the backup. He's got to learn. Again, Tennessee. Tennessee is still a young team. And again, will C.J. Stroud be the starting quarterback, or will David Mills still still be the starting quarterback? I would say that I think C.J. Stroud was given every opportunity under the sun to actually be the number one guy. But again, Tennessee, I'm not going to say Tennessee. Tennessee has done a good job in this year's draft. They've got the quarterback of the future. They've got the best defensive player in, this, in the draft. So you have to wonder, you know, I don't think Tennessee is going to be the team that's going to win a division yet this year. I still think Jacksonville is a team to beat. But again, I would say maybe maybe the Colts. I'm going to say the Colts might be the second best team just based off of their defense, and hopefully they can figure out some offense. Tennessee for right now, at Tennessee third, I still have Texans fourth as of right now. Now all that could change by the time we start as as camp rolls around, all season programs and all this gets kicked into gear. Then it'll be interesting to see, you know, who rises to the top. But for Tannehill, let's put it this way. I mean, I think he had a better understanding this year than he did, you know, than he did last year. He didn't really bash Will Davis, but I'm sure deep down inside he probably did. But again, Ryan knows Ryan knows deep down inside his time in Tennessee is pretty much coming in soon. And I think Ryan also knows what what the NFL brass knows and what the fans know. Now for Tennessee we haven't talked about it, Tennessee. Congratulations, they are going. They're going going to get a new stadium built for them. So congratulations on to the Tennessee Titans and to the city and to the city of Nashville for doing for able to working something out to the point they're getting a brand new stadium. We haven't really talked about that. That might come in maybe a couple of years, but again, but again, Tannehill knows deep down inside this is going. This is a rebuilding project. 
and again he knows that he Derek Henry and there's probably a couple others that were you know that were um, that were on that team that were talked about being traded because it's a, it's to me it's a rebuilding boat and rebuilding team. Now, I know Mike Rabel, who has been a pretty steady football coach for the Tennessee Titans. He might not want to come out and admit it, but it's a rebuild. It's, it's a team that's going to eventually be rebuilding. Maybe not this year, but certainly in 2024, things are going to be different. Tannehill's probably going to be gone. Is it Willis? Is it going to be Will Davis? Derrick Henry. Will Derrick Henry be around? Derrick Henry will be 30 by the time 2024 comes around. And to be honest with you, once a running back gets 30 years old, a lot of their skills start to decline a little bit. Now, Derrick Henry keeps himself in great, great shape. And if you ever see any YouTube videos of Derrick Henry and his workout regimen, it is certainly awesome. The man certainly is a beast. But again, again, I believe Tennessee did draft a running back or two. You don't know if they are going to succeed Derrick Henry eventually in 2024 if Derrick would be on the market. Maybe unless Derrick gets on the market, if Tennessee gets out of contention, would Rabel, would Derrick Henry, would they be on the market? And sure, both men would have certainly some kind of, um, yeah, market. Derrick Henry, I think, more so than maybe than Ryan Tannehill. But again, people would be concerned that Derrick, 29 years old, Derrick has certainly taken his pounding in the last few years. Derrick is the last 2,000-yard rusher. But again... Tannehill knows deep down inside, like it says, he knows that this is a rebuilding project. Eventually, it's going to be rebuilt. Right now, he's, it might be maybe it's a 70 30 rebuilding project because, again, they've got, again, they've got a lot of young, a lot of young talent on that, on that team. And moving forward, this team is, I mean, again, this team is, like I said, this team is certainly going to have its ups and downs this, this coming season. Um, great as long as Tannehill is there, they have a better chance at least winning a few more football games than they would with Malik Willis or Willis as their quarterback. But again, and I've said this before, I think eventually here the next couple of years or so, I think Jacksonville and the Houston Texans will be the teams to beat in the South, and the Colts and the Titans will be the ones that will be taking that backseat. Now, but from Tannehill, again, I got, you know, Again, he, like I said before, he was a little more, he didn't go, he didn't, you know, he didn't come out there and bash, I guess bash Tennessee for getting Will Davis, but Ryan knows that his time in Tennessee, his days in Tennessee are close to being over with, he knows that, and I'm sure Ryan sees the writing on the wall, he sees the team as going to be a rebuilding team, and he wants to get out of Tennessee, get the guy inside as quick as he can, and go to a team that's probably a playoff contender. Now, again, you can, yeah, I mean, again, he's not going to Philadelphia, not going to Dallas. Um, he's not going to, to the Giants because I think they're trench on, they gave Daniel Jones a new deal. Now, with Washington, I don't think he's going to Washington. They're going to give Sam Hill every opportunity in the sun to win that job. But you got Jacoby Brissett as the backup, so no, not there. Now, again, I don't see he's not going to Green Bay because Jordan Love is is the guy. But again, it would be an interesting fit for Tannehill to go to Green Bay. But again, yeah, but I don't see Tannehill wanting to be Jordan Hill, Jordan Love's backup. I don't see that happening. Now with Minnesota, I don't see Tannehill backing up Kirk Cousins. Not happening. Detroit, I don't see him golf backing up Tannehill. I don't see that. 
Now Chicago, you got Justin Fields. I don't see Tannehill doing that. So you go to now the one team. What about Tampa Bay? Now, an interesting thought is I'd say Tampa Bay could have been an interesting fit for Tannehill. Now Baker, I'm not. A lot of experts are not sold on Baker Mayfield, and to me, I don't know how much of the Baker Mayfield you know is going to last. You got Kyle Trask. Now, to be honest with you, you have to wonder if Baker doesn't pan out. And let's say for some reason Tampa Bay can somehow stay afloat, stay in contention. Do you reach? Do, yeah. Do you go get Ryan Tannehill and you and you get rid of you know get you get Baker out of town? You bring in Ryan Tannehill. Maybe make a little small trade to get Tannehill there. To me, Tannehill would be an upgrade with Baker Mayfield. But again, that's a possibility. No, the Saints. You got Derek Carr and you still got James Winston sitting on the roster now. To the Panthers, no. Atlanta, Atlanta again would be the, the most perfect fit. Would be the would be the fit. But again, I don't know if I see Atlanta in that spot. San Francisco, he's not going to San Francisco. They've got their quarterback issues. But I mean, then again, you look at it, he's not going to Seattle. Um, he's not going to Arizona, even though it'd be an interest. But again, if Kyler Murray is not going to be healthy when the season begins. And Colt McCoy is still dinged up. So, again, the Colts have got their issues, but I can't see Tannehill going there. And, again, the Rams, Stratford's quarterback. I don't see him going to the Rams. Now, again, the Jets, that's out of the option. Um, Miami, no, I don't see that happening. Uh, Buffalo is not going to happen. And, again, I don't see him in New England now. Again, no to Cleveland. I don't see the Pittsburgh. Um, the Ravens is not going to happen, and Cincinnati is not is not going to happen. It's not going to happen either. Colts no, Texans no, and he's not going to Jacksonville. So again, you start looking around. Kansas City, he's not going to Kansas City. The Chargers. Now to me, I can't see him going to the Chargers. Uh, don't see the Raiders. I don't see Denver. So there's not many options for me. You look around, there's not many options for him. Um, again, yeah, Atlanta would be the most logical option if they can stay afloat. The only two options I can see are probably the South, maybe Atlanta and maybe Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay might be a little bit of a stretch, a little bit of a reach, but if Baker, but if Baker doesn't doesn't perform right off the bat. And again, they have a, a decent enough offense around Ryan Tannehill. They've got a, a veteran defense. So to me, the division gets down between the Saints and Tampa Bay. It all depends on quarterback play. I would still take Derek Carr over Baker Mayfield. But again, to me, I think Tampa Bay could be the I think Tampa Bay could be the perfect spot for them. If again if Baker struggles, I can see Tannehill going to Tampa to Tampa Bay and do an okay job. Because I can see Tannehill. With Rashard, a young Rashard White, second year Rashard White, Evans, Godwin, Cage, I can see, I can certainly see, you know, them in that spot to the point where I think it would be suitable for him. It's suitable. It's a very, it's a very suitable, suitable option, option for you know, for them. And again, I like, you know, it would be a nice fit. But for Tannehill, he's going to stay in Tennessee. Why I know is that his his time in Tennessee it's it's slowly surely coming to an end. 
And the only thing I can see Brian leaving Tennessee is unless Tennessee is out of playoff contention. And to me, I hate to say it's Tennessee fans, but I think that might become a valuable option here. That seems to be a valuable option that they could be out of playoff contention. And I think Tannehill is going to be traded at some point to somebody that can use that can use a veteran quarterback. And who knows, in that process, Derrick Henry could be in that same boat as well. Again, I know that Tennessee does not want to try to convince the fans that it's a rebuilding mode, but it is such a rebuilding mode. And for Tennessee, I certainly, certainly, I wish them all the best of luck this year. But again, for Tennessee fans, it is kind of, it is what it is, rebuilding mode. But I got to give Ryan Tannehill as much credit. At least he didn't go off the deep end. And, you know, and kind of <laughs> had the Malik Willis response that he had with, with Levis. He didn't have that response or needed that much. But, again, Ryan knows that his time in Tennessee is, again, it's coming to an end. He knows it's coming. Doesn't He doesn't know when it's going to come, but it's coming. And is it going to be Will Levis? Malik Willis will be the starting quarterback of the future for the Tennessee, the, uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Deep down inside, I think Will is going to be the guy. Malik, I think, will wind up being the backup. Now, again, hopefully one of those quarterbacks work out when Brian is eventually traded. And I got a feeling he will eventually be traded at some point during the season. Hopefully the Tennessee has made the right moves with either Malik Willis or Will Levis. We'll see. We'll see eventually within the day which quarterback will succeed the other one and become the new number one quarterback for the Tennessee, for the Tennessee Titans eventually at some point this season and certainly moving into 2024. Now speaking of speaking of quarterbacks, I know we haven't talked about we haven't talked with this guy much lately, and that is Aaron Rodgers. We haven't talked about him since since the Jets and Green Bay finally made the deal official. And he's now in New York Jets. But now, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure my listeners out there have already have already um, hearing it. Uh, the teammates uh, are hearing you know, are hearing all the good things that the teammates are already saying about Aaron Rodgers already. Um, uh, Aaron's been saying nice things about about his new teammates. Um, he says Garrett Wilson, the number one receiver for the Jets, he reminds him a lot of Devon Devontae Adams and. Um, now, Wilson did, did, did get off to a good start last, last year, 1,100-some yards. He had four touchdowns. Certainly those numbers, if Aaron Rodgers is quarterbacking, will probably go up as far as the touchdowns go, goes. And again, Garrett Wilson, if he had to put up with, he had to put up with what, four different quarterbacks at one, at one time during the season for the Jets. And if he can produce with those four quarterbacks, he, can, he should be able to produce with Aaron Rodgers, you would think. But again, you know, again, the Jets are doing everything in their power to make it very comfortable. They went out got Alan Lazard, and as of yesterday, they're getting ready to sign Randall Cobb, a very good friend of uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, again, that's another receiver that you add to the room. But eventually, somebody's going to have to go. It's either going to be Denzel Mims or Corey Davis. One of, the, one of those two is going to be up out of there, up out of New York eventually at some point. Now, again... Again, they signed with Billy Turner, who was a starting offensive guard for the, I believe, Denver Broncos last year. Now he comes in. He comes in, and you add another teammate to the uh, yeah to the equation. 
So the Jets are doing everything in their power to make it very comfortable for Aaron Rodgers. And his teammates, his new brand new teammates are going. I mean, even you had Salt Garner, the defensive player, rookie player of the year last year, is uh, talking about hyping him up already. Now, <laughs> for, again, there was, we did see there was an Aaron Rodgers at a New York Knicks playoff team, I believe. I, I believe I saw, I saw that as well. So Aaron is living up the New York life, pretty good life, right off the bat, and his teammates are saying the, the right things, and Aaron's saying the right thing about his teammates. So, I guess in sports terms, this is called, what is that, the, the honeymoon phase? I believe that's what they call the honeymoon phase. Everybody's talking about everybody. Everything's all good. Uh, you know, head football coach. Um, yeah, you know, the general manager, they're patting each other back, giving each other hugs because they got Aaron Rodgers and everything's, everything's in the honeymoon phase. Everything's all great. But once the season begins, that's where it's going to get interesting. Now, a lot of people, there are some experts out there. I'm not seeing everybody, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to jump the gun on this. But some people believe that, that the Jets could very well win this, win this division. Now, I've said this before. To me, Miami and Buffalo are still the teams to beat in this division. Now, yeah, not the Jets. Now, I do like the Jets' defense. Now, granted, granted this much is. I like I like Garrett Wilson. He was the offensive rookie player of the year. And again, he had a good year last year, and I think big things are, are coming for Wilson. Now again, Lazard is is Lazard is the number is probably the number two receiver right now. Now Allen's best year of his career came last year. But before that, a lot of people didn't know who Allen Lazard was. Now but with Aaron Rodgers had faith, had confidence in the young man, had confidence in him, and he took off. But again, not, a lot of people are not going to be scared of Alan Lazard. Corey Davis, Corey Davis has been a bust really since the Jets signed as a free agent. Hardiman, Hardiman is an excellent return man, but he has not shown that he can do anything as far as the offensive side of the ball. And Denzel Mims, Denzel's been a non-factor for the Jets since they drafted him a few years ago from Baylor. So to be honest, yeah, okay, you've got a couple veteran tight ends. Again, you've got a pretty good young running back in Brees Hall. Depends if he comes back healthy and is ready to go five week one. That's kind of a iffy situation. But again, so to me, offensively, I'm not completely one hundred percent sold offensively on the the New York Jets. I'm not. So again. To me, you look at Miami. Miami has has added a couple defensive pieces. Defense at times was a problem for Miami last year. They've added a couple defensive pieces, and again, you still got to uh, if the concussion issues are, you know, are fixed, and that could be a big if. But you got uh, a couple good receivers, and again, this is a good offensive team. So to me, Miami's a little more balanced than Buffalo. Buffalo, the only thing with Buffalo is is can you know can Josh is you know, can Josh Allen clean up the they clean up the mess as far as getting near the end zone and throwing interceptions. That was his biggest issue last year. Does he clean that up and can they get a running game? That's it. The biggest thing and defensively Buffalo has been a pretty steady defense the last few years. 
So the biggest thing is to me the Jets. And then we got the Patriots. The Patriots. And we don't know what to expect from the Patriots. So to me it still comes down to Buffalo and New York. Now, if you want to make an argument the Jets could leapfrog over the Patriots, okay. I might be with you on that. But I don't see them leapfrogging Miami. And I don't see them leapfrogging Buffalo just yet. And again, offensively, other than maybe the upgraded quarterback with Aaron Rodgers, if Hall comes back, he's an explosive running, explosive running back in Garrett Wilson. Other than that, I don't know if the offense really blows me away with, you know, you know, with one. Now, can Aaron Rodgers make Garrett Wilson better? It's a possibility, yes. But Garrett, again, four quarterbacks, 1,100-some yards last year. Lazard, to me, if it wasn't if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, I don't see Lazard putting up any great numbers. Can Aaron, now can Aaron make Corey Davis better if he stays around for a full year? It's a possibility. Possibility. I don't know about Denzel Mims. That I'm not too sure about. But again, you've got Randall Cobb back. So again, again, I'm not completely 100% sold that the Jets offense is going to be that much better. Will it be a little bit better? It'll probably be a little bit better, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be top five or six in the league. Not, not by any stretch of imagination. So again, the thing is, we're in this honeymoon phase for the Jets. And to be honest with you, the Jets fans, the front office, Woody Johnson, everybody's all, all, you know, they're all, you know, shooting the breeze. Everybody's all fantastic. Everything's all wonderful right now. But once the season begins, let's say they start losing games, let's say Aaron Rodgers, you know, throws a couple of important interceptions and he starts blaming and he starts blaming our world. Um, you know, uh, Corey Davis or Garrett Wilson didn't run the right didn't run the right route, he didn't go run or something like that. Then we'll have yeah, then we'll have problems all over again. But I'm saying for the for the Jets fans, my guess is you better enjoy what you got right now. Because once the season begins and things start falling apart, and then again, you get to get let's say you start playing in your own division, you start playing the Buffalo Bills, and let's say Josh Allen and company start blowing you off the map, or if um, or guys like if um, if Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle, yeah, gets a gets a hundred yards a piece or something like that, and Miami's you know Miami's defense. If their defensive pieces fit into place and they sack Aaron Rodgers four or five times and Aaron gets picked off a couple of times, maybe once by Jalen Ramsey, yeah, and let's say, you know, Belichick, let's say Belichick figures out Aaron Rodgers and he throws a couple more picks, then, yeah, then y'all go wonder, then y'all go say, man, we're better, we're better off with Zach Wilson as our quarterback. I'm just telling Jets fans, be prepared for what is going to come. You've got all this hype. You wanted Aaron Rodgers. You wanted Aaron. You wanted Aaron. You've got him. Now you've got to live with the results. Now, if the results get you get you AFC East Championship, if it gets you a win or two in the playoffs, then it's, then it's great. And you got what you wanted. But you got to remember what you got to remember this. Here's the, yeah, you got to remember. The problem is you brought Aaron Rodgers in. You might have Aaron for this year. Maybe next year if you're lucky. And that's it. But again, who knows? You have Aaron Rodgers for one year, and let's say you don't make the playoffs. 
been hearing my signal alert. I'm done with this. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm up out of here. Now that could happen after 2023, and then we go you go right back in the same situation. We we go right back to Zach Wilson being your starting quarterback, and and the Jets faithful do not have that much confidence in Zach Wilson. But I'm telling you, my problem is with Aaron Rodgers. You better you better make the playoffs. You better win a playoff game or two. Because if you can't do that, then this thing's both all for nothing. But again, you're in the honeymoon phase. Everything's all hunky. Everything's all great. All hunky dory. Everything everything is just coming up smelling like roses right now. But the bottom line is, if you don't win that division, if you don't make a wild card spot, then this trade's gonna be all for nothing. Because that's what it is. This is the pressure for the Jets. You've got your quarterback. You feel he was the guy that's gonna take you over the top. But you didn't ask yourself. The question is, what if he doesn't take you over the top? And I got a feeling that he's not going to take you over the top. Because I don't think the Jets are better than Buffalo. I don't think they're better than Miami. And if I could look around the conference, are they better than Kansas City? Not so sure. The Chargers have more talent. Denver has more talent. To me, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson's new deal, I think the Ravens may be better. I think the Bengals are better. If Cleveland things get straight, I think they could be better than the Jets. Pittsburgh, I wouldn't discount I would not discount Pittsburgh. Well, maybe I might give the Jets an edge over Pittsburgh, maybe. I think Jacksonville could be better than the Jets. To be honest with you, I think yeah, the Patriots. You can make the argument maybe the Jets might be better than the Patriots, maybe. But again, to me, they're not the best team in the division. And they're not the best team in the conference. And to be honest with you, if I had to go, if I had to go on what I'm seeing right now, I don't think Jets make the playoffs. I still put, I'll put Buffalo, Miami. I might give the Ravens a chance. I'll give the Bengals a chance. I'll give Jacksonville a chance. I'll give Kansas City. I'll give the Chargers. I'll even give Denver under Sean Payton a chance. But to me, right now, I think right now the Jets are on the, are on the, on the outside looking into the playoffs. And to be honest with you, and if they have, let's say they have a 500 record, or even slightly below 500, and it's all goes not, not this big deal that you made, well, it comes, it'll come to not, because then again, Aaron Rodgers could go back to his retreat. He could sit back, sit there for a week or two, come out of his retreat and say, you know what, I'm finally done with this. I've tried it, I've tried my, my year in New York, it didn't work out, it didn't do nothing. I'm out of here. And that could very well happen. And then for that, then that honeymoon phase will end up in a bitter in a bitter divorce. I'm just forewarning the Jets fans, this is what could happen. This could be coming in twenty twenty four. But again, enjoy the honeymoon phase while you can because let's be honest with you, it might come to it's gonna come. Like I said, you're at the honeymoon phase. But come 2024, might be going through a bitter divorce. Now, I want to touch up on a subject here that was brought up um, on an ESPN article. And I believe ESPN brought this, brought this up. It might have been, it could have been NFL Net too. Um, but I think, I, I know I read it off of the ESPN article. Um, NFL, you know, NFL great Deion Sanders. Of course, you know Deion Sanders was the head football coach at Jackson State for a couple of years. 
very successful at Jackson, at Jackson State. And then, of course, he went to the University of Colorado. And in that process, he took a lot of his players from the, um, they went to the uh, transfer portal and they followed him to Colorado. Now, again, some of the players from last year's Colorado team or from the last couple of years, they have, they have left. They have left as well. Now, now Dion, I think Dion had one player that was drafted in this year's draft from Jackson State. Now, Dion was, was, Dion was kind of uh, upset, ticked off, I guess you could say, in, in a way that his that he was surprised a lot more of his players were not were not you know drafted by the by the NFL. Now, now I know a lot of, a, a lot of the uh, NFL scouts they um a lot of them I mean a lot of them look at a lot of scouts look at a lot of Division One football. Yeah. And a lot of people wonder if you're playing the SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac-10, or the ACC, they're going to get looked at a lot more because they have a lot more TV exposure. I mean, let's be honest with you: the SEC has got a big, con has got a huge contract, you know, with you know, and so does the ACC with ESPN. The Big Ten has their own network. I mean, so much so that, that the uh, Southern Cal from UCLA is jumping ship here very soon. Okay. The Big Eight, I believe, I, I believe the Big Eight is supposed to have some kind of contract going on, uh, coming up very soon. The Pac-10 is trying to get a big contract. Okay, and the problem is you don't have like if you talk let's if, let's even talk Division Two football. Now you talk to you talk to schools like where I live, like the University of Richmond. Now James Madison. Now James Madison's had success the last several years in football, Division Two football. They've had a lot of success. But again, you don't hear about a lot of Jack, a lot of Jay's Madison people getting, you know, getting drafted to to the NFL. Now, I think there might have been a couple. There might have been a couple that got drafted. Someone got picked up as free agency. Um, they started in schools around here, like the Wayman Marys of the world and stuff like that around here. Now, again, we can go all the way down to Division Three football. What is like was it a Mount Mountain Union? You've all heard of Mountain Union. A lot of these Ohio schools that are like Division Three in Ohio has always been a a great brand of football. It's kind of like was it Texas? Texas always football on Friday nights in Texas, and yeah, Ohio Ohio has always been a hotbed of football for many many years. And sometimes Division Three footballs, you know. But again, with Dion, it's kind of the and again like Jackson State's the Grambling Grambling. You know, Grambling and stuff like that from like the Virginia Union, Virginia State, which I know a lot, you know, a lot here. But a lot of the African American, yeah, universities kind of fall into the same boat somewhat as Division Two, Division Three schools. It, they're not on TV an awful lot. Now, I have seen some, yeah, schools. I have seen Jackson State and Grambling on TV. I have seen that. But they don't have, they don't have the rich. ESPN contracts or their own network or, you know, or maybe Fox Sports, you know, signs them or something like that. So, again, a lot of people are going to are going to slip through the cracks. And, again, that's when, that's when some of them have to go for free, get, hopefully get signed by a free agent after the, after the draft. And Dion, you know, Dion, 
felt with the success of his school the last couple of years that a lot more players should have been drafted or should have been drafted. Now, I'm sure, you know, Dion probably had a lot of talented guys the last two years on his team. Obviously, he had some talent. He really had success that they had without Dion as a coach, and he had to have a lot of talent on that team that had success he did. So much so, I think they lost, they lost one, one game this past year. Yeah, so Dion had talent on that team. But again, unfortunately, and it, it, it's, it's not, it's, and I hate to say it, but the thing about it is, it's like the TV exposure. He doesn't get the TV exposure that, you know, the SEC is going to get or, you know, all the other conferences. He doesn't, they're not going to get the exposure. And that's, it, in a way, that's kind of what it boils down to. You don't get that much exposure. Now, I know, I, I'm not going to get in, I'm not going to get into the political, the political side of it. And it's a, you know, it's, I'm not going to get into the political side because I'm not going to go into, into all of that. And. I'm sure if Dion wanted to, Dion probably could go to go to that to that to into that. But the bottom line is, and I think with with the Jackson States, with the Gramlins, and the bottom line is, is just there's not enough TV exposure. Is there talent in these divisions? Absolutely, in these conferences, there's talent. There's talent, and that's what you always heard the NFL expert. They always come out and say, well. They always come out and say, well, they didn't play against the SEC, they didn't play against the Big Ten. You hear that all, every single time. But then again, you have that player that says, you know what, I'm going to show you, won't you sign me a contract, let me come to camp, let me show you that I can hang, that I can hang, you know, in the NFL. And unfortunately for like, unfortunately for Dion, the couple of guys that he had, you know, the past... Yeah, unfortunately, they're going to have to do that. Is it right? No, it's not right. And again, how many, how many players, whether it's division, whether it's division one, division two, division three, there are a lot of players, a lot of NFL, there's a lot of talented players out there. But again, again, there's, not, there's a lot of talent out there. But I guess there's only so many spots in the, on the team, right? And that's the thing. Now, if, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. If you, yeah, if they, if they were to get a contract, like maybe Fox Sports or you know, something like that, was to get them, you know, if the conference had got together, get them a contract to like Fox Sports or something, then you're on to something. Then teams can, you know, then scouts can look at TV a lot more. They'd be getting more exposure. If they can get, if they can pull off something like that, get them more exposure, then you can have more eyes on you. And I think that's something that, that's something that have, that they are going to have to come, they're going to have to, I guess, in a way, they're going to have to figure that out. I think if you did something like that, that would get you more exposure, you know, get more eyes on you. Now, Certainly with Dion, Dion Sanders, we all know Dion, you know, Hall of Famer, a great cornerback, and, you know, Dion, you know, Dion, Dion Sanders' name alone, you figure you would get eyes on somebody, get just off of his talent and his talent alone. And that's, and that's, that's the thing. And I'm sure Dion probably figures, well, it's my name on this, I coach this team, then, 
Maybe I can get eyes, you know, coming to me because it's just my name. And, you know, and, and I'm sure Dion probably thought that, which he's, you know, just thought his reputation alone, he'd get eyes on him. Now, Dion, now Dion has gone to the you know, University of Colorado, Pac-10. Now, more eyes would be on the Pac-10. Now, with the Pac-10, you get, you get a situation with the Pac-10 where you have games come on 11, 11 o'clock at night, midnight, if you're on the East Coast. So again, Dion's got to Dion's got to struggle. It's gonna be it's gonna have to probably struggle a little bit more. Now he'll have more exposure. But again, Dion goes from, you know, but Dion now goes to a point where his players get seen more, but the bottom line is you get in the pack ten, you're gonna get what? Yeah, you you might get exposure eleven, twelve and midnight, and that could that could also cause a problem. But again, Dion's gone in. Dion's got the has got the University of Colorado hopping, hopping, buzzing because because of what he's capable. You know what what he did with Jackson State. Can he do this in the University of Colorado? It'll be interesting to see. But 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 the thing is with this, I know Dion's upset because a lot of his guys. But again, the bottom line is more exposure. And that's the best way I can say it is more exposure. They're, they're going to have to get more exposure. They're going to have to work out some kind of deal with somebody to the point where it gives them more exposure. And if they can do something like that, things could be happening. Maybe things pick up. Things could be different. But for Dion, I get his point. I understand his point, and he's probably right. Maybe, you know, maybe you know, more of his players should have gotten looked at. Maybe a few more of his players should have got drafted. But again, it's all about exposure. And for them, they have to get more exposure. If you get more exposure, a network, then you'll have more eyes on you. And I think that's what it's going to boil, it's, it's eventually is what's going to boil down to. Now, for the very last subject, I want to bring up something I believe that just happened yesterday that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, his little brother, Jackson Mahomes, got in, got in trouble yesterday. I think he's got charged with battery, and he's in jail. He might be out of jail by now. He got charged, just got charged with battery. Now, of course, Jackson, he is, I think he's big on TikTok or YouTube. One of those two, I'm not, I, I know it's one of those two that he's very big on. And, you know, some people think, man, and I've heard the stories. I don't really follow Jackson on, you know, Jackson Holmes on YouTube or, you know, or TikTok. I don't really follow him. Um, some say that he is nowhere near Patrick Mahomes. He has a personality way unto his own. He's kind of like night and day between Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. But the thing I want to talk about is this: is is this? Now, it's like relatives. I guess relatives, or especially more so relatives, of friends of athletes or entertainers or musicians. Yeah. Now I get it. I get the point that you you live your own life, and I get it and I understand it. And Jackson's kind of living his own life. Some of it might be a little controversial, but he's living his own life. And again, the thing is, it's like when you're a relative of a guy like Patrick Mahomes or somebody else. Yeah, then it it it's to the point where as you have to you have to watch yourself because. What's going to happen? What's going to happen is is 
you're a member, a family member of that talented player, yeah. Then again, that talented player can't, you know, can't, can't, it's not his responsibility to look out for you. But knowing the media, you know, how it gets twisted, that they go think, well, this is so-and-so's fault that so-and-so's family member acted up like they did. And again, I know how I know how the media can construe this. And it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's, it's not his. He's not responsible for what Jackson does. He's not. And that's that's kind of thing. But again, if you know the media, it's gonna get construed somewhere like that. And my thing is for family members, especially family members, is you have to you have to somehow some way, some shape, in some form that you're gonna have to you know, look out for, you know, look out for that relative. You have to because eventually in some way, shape, or form, it's going to somehow come back and bite them in the butt for some reason. And you have to, and, and I know, I know it's, it's not right to say it like that because it's your life, you should live your life your way. But again, deep down inside, you're in that situation where, yeah, well, you got to, you've got to think about, yeah, you got to think about that you know, big brother's a quarterback or a running back or whatever position they may play on the football field or any professional sport. Yeah, it's like it's like that you have to kind of keep that in the back of your in the back of your mind because if you do something wrong, then it's going to somehow it's going to come back on the on the athlete itself because then yeah because then again the media's going to say well you know wow man I mean wow he's got he's got like a, a messed up family. And it's going, and that's how it's going to come off as to the, you know, to the to the media. But again, like I said before, and again, I think family members need to somehow have to look at, the, uh, yeah, they have to look at what they're what they're doing because it's going to come back on on their, yeah, on them. You know, to me, I know, you know, to me, deep down inside, you have to wonder. I know sometimes I have to wonder, Jackson. Mahomes has got to sit back and look at, well, if I do this, it'll come back on my big brother. And in a way, in a way, it's going to come back. And I'm sure, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, this is going to come up. Some media, somebody, was a Kansas City writer, USA Today, or something, whatever the publication is going to be the case. Somebody is going to ask Patrick Mahomes a question about his brother Jackson. It's going to come up. You know it's going to come up. And again, Patrick doesn't have an answer for it. He probably doesn't. Now, does Patrick keep in contact with his family? I'm sure he does. Absolutely, I'm sure he does. But again, Patrick doesn't need to need to tell you know the media, hey, this is what's going on. That's not the media's business. Heck, it's not even my business. That's family business. But again, I, I guess for the future reference is this: if you are anybody, any member of a family. Family member, you're gonna have to watch what you do because it's gonna be scrutinized. You're gonna be scrutinized, and your famous son or daughter, they're gonna be scrutinized that much more. I'm just saying again, you know that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen. And you know, for Jackson, Jackson in the back of his mind, yeah, should have known that hey, if I do this, my big brother's gonna be scrutinize a hundred times worse and he shouldn't be but again 
hopefully all the things work out hopefully things works out works out in the long run you know in the long run for Jackson but we'll we'll see that's all I have time this episode ladies and gentlemen take care of yourselves see you again soon